this podcast is brought to you by the Gosh Learning Academy. Hello and welcome to NHS Careers Untapped. The NHS is one of the largest employers in the world, but most people when they think of a job in the NHS think of doctors and nurses. However, the NHS is so much more. There's a huge variety of jobs you can do, suiting all interests and personalities. In this podcast, we will be talking to people working in the NHS, in jobs you might never have heard of before, finding out exactly what they do, how they came to be working in that job, and what they love most about it. Hello, and welcome to NHS Careers on Tap. My name is Hayley Robinson-Allen and I'm your host for this episode. So today I'm talking to Donya Gay about her work as a retinal eye screener and I hope you enjoy listening. So Donya, could you tell us about your role that you do? So I am a retinal screener, photographer and grader. So that means that we see diabetic patients that possibly have pathology in the back of their eyes. So they'll come to our appointments, we'll check their visual acuity, we'll also instill some eye drops, and then after the drops have dilated their pupils, we'll take some photographs of the back of their eyes to check for any diabetic retinopathy. And then we will look at those images and we'll grade them and determine if the patient has any urgent pathology or any less urgent pathology that doesn't need a referral to a hospital eye service. Um. Where is it that you physically work? Are you on site? Are you in community? Is this something that you do in a variety of places? So it is community-based. So we work across the whole of South East London. So we're at the hospital. So we're at Lotion Hospital, Guys in St. Thomas, Queen Elizabeth Hospital. So we're also in the community sites as well. So that's sites like Stratum and community health centres and some opticians as well in Bexley. Very interesting. So can you tell me how long you've been doing this job? So I have been doing diabetic eye screening for seven years now, which is an incredibly long time. So that is two years privately over at North West London Eye Screening Service. And then I moved over to Guys in St. Thomas Trust. And that was five years doing South East London diabetic eye screening. So yeah, I've seen a lot of interesting things and a lot of really interesting patients as well. So can you talk a bit about how you got into this field and how you got this job? So it wasn't a planned job that I went for. When I left school, I actually went straight into marketing. And then I saw a role being advertised for maternity cover in my local diabetic eye screening program. And I applied for that through a friend and got the job. And I was like, oh, it will just be a a short stopover. And I'll just get like a, a little bit of experience. And then I'll move on to something else, but that didn't happen. And I ended up staying for seven years. So I did the maternity cover in Northwest London. This was when the eye screening programs were a lot smaller. So they were run by individual boroughs. So I was working for the borough of Wembley. And then that got TP'd over to a private company. So I stayed there and I really enjoyed it, working with a lot of interesting people and also learning about science and the human body. That was really interesting because I enjoyed that school. And so I thought, do you know what, I should probably stick with this and get qualified. 
So I did my City and Gills level three diabetic retinopathy screening diploma. And then once you finish that, you're a fully qualified retinal screener grader. And then I continued to learn to grade and develop until I became a ROG grader, which is a referral outcome grader, which is the highest level of grading you can do because you determine whether a patient needs a hospital eye referral, if they have any urgent pathology, and also if they have any urgent pathology that's non-diabetic related. So somebody could have a, a retinal detachment, they could have papilledema, which is swelling at the back of the eyes, but that's also a sign of swelling possibly in the brain. So they need an urgent referral. And also if somebody has a melanoma, we can see that at the back of their eye. So they would need an urgent referral for a cancer service. So it was really interesting to learn not only about diabetes, but about all the other types of eye disease and eye conditions that somebody could have. So I thought that, yeah it'd be a great opportunity to keep learning. Amazing. So am I correct in understanding that this wasn't something that you needed to go to university for? This was something that you was able to do whilst learning on the job and becoming qualified via that route? Exactly that. So I didn't need to go to university to do this job because you learn in the role whilst you're actually getting paid. You can actually do your studies. You do all of your examinations and coursework. They set time aside whilst you're doing your role and you get paid and you get your qualification to do the role. So in total, how long was the training period? So the course itself takes anywhere from 12 months to 18 months. I finished it roughly around 12 months. And then once you've finished it, your training is probably roughly three months. And then they let you go off and do the clinics by yourself, do the grading by yourself. So you have to complete, I believe it was 50 supervised grades and then 150 grades that were checked by another grader in total. So it just depends on you as an individual, how quickly you're able to learn new skills, how quickly you you're able to apply that and how much you're going to push yourself to actually get the work done because a lot of it is coursework well actually all of it's coursework except for two exams so if you're putting in the time and the effort you'll finish it quickly whereas if you're taking your time and dragging your feet it takes a bit longer so i want to ask a little bit more about what a typical day in your role looks like and what is the most common things that you are doing within that role so a typical day, it is quite varied because you're working with members of the public. So you could have a very quiet day. For instance, sometimes if it's really rainy, we would get quite quiet clinics. So we'd have more time to grade because people wouldn't be attending their appointments. Or especially around Christmas and New Year's, people would often cancel appointments. So it'd be a sort of nice ease into the New Year. But we'd have some days where it was really busy and we'd have a full clinic list nobody with DNA, which means they would all attend. And you'd often see patients that are elderly, so they might have mobility issues, so involve helping patients in a wheelchair or assisting patients to and from clinic chairs. We'd also often have diabetic people that would have hypos when your blood sugar falls very low. And so we'd need to either take them to a nursing station if we're at a hospital in a diabetic centre or we'd have to give them treatment if we're out in the community and there's nobody else there. So we'd give them a glucojuice to bring the blood sugar back up, check on them, make sure that they're feeling well enough to continue the appointment. If not, then we'd off to help them get home. Or if there's somebody that could come and collect them just so they get home safely, that's what we do. 
So a typical day could vary quite differently depending on the patients that you see. It could either be a, a quieter day or a more busy day where you have to think on your feet and react to different situations. Super interesting. So what would you say you like most about your role? And what do you say you find most challenging? So I think the thing I like most about it, there's probably two things. So it would be learning about the human body. Even doing it for seven years, there's still sometimes we take some pictures of some people's eyes and they'd be like, oh my goodness, what is that? I've never seen that before. We'd have to go and get the consultant or the clinical lead to come in and be like, what is this? And they'd be like, well, it's this, this and that. And let's do some training on it because this is a really rare case that I haven't seen for a long time and I've been doing it for 20 years. So learning new things every day, that would be definitely what I enjoy. And also the patients, you meet some really interesting patients. So they'd sit down and you'd start talking to them and then they'd start telling you about, you know, how they perhaps they grew up when the war was around or how they've got 12 children. And, you know, it's just learning and interacting with people and getting to know them and learning about their stories. And something I find challenging really is the busyness of the clinics. There's always so busy. Once you've finished seeing somebody, there's probably like two or three more people waiting for you. So it's a very full-on sort of high turnover role. So sometimes you feel like you don't have a chance to take two minutes and have a breather. And sometimes you're so busy, you don't have a chance to go make a cup of tea. You've just got to be literally getting on and working as quick as you can. So it's, yeah, that can be a bit stressful sometimes. So what qualities would you say are required for this role? What would you advise people that they need to have? I think most importantly, having compassion and empathy for people. That's a huge thing. I think in general, the NHS, you definitely need to be a compassionate person because you're going to have people that come from different walks of life. You're going to have to interact with them. Also, you're going to have to understand them. They might be having a really bad day. They might have lost somebody in their family and you're going to need to be able to, to listen respectfully and also to help them if you can. Also, I think it's important to be focused, to be able to manage your time really well, because when you're out in the clinics by yourself, your manager's not going to be there asking like, what's going on? Why is this person waiting? You need to be able to manage your own time, manage a clinic environment. Sometimes you might have patients, if there's a delay to your clinic and they're not informed, they might get a bit agitated. They might start asking questions in the waiting area. Then you might have all the patients suddenly saying like, yeah, I've been waiting too. And then you've got to calm everybody down and de-escalate the situation. So those sort of skills are really important. And I think linking more closely to the qualification, being able to pick up things quickly and just being able to adapt and have the learning style, know your learning style really, so that you can use it to your advantage and get your work done. It's really important. Thank you, Dania. So what would you say when you tell people you are a retinal asphena is the most common misconception? So often you'd go into the waiting area and ask people, is anybody here for diabetic eye screening? And people would be like, what? Are we waiting for our eye screen? So just the fact that people have never heard of diabetic eye screening. People are like, what is this? Like, is this even a job? And it's like, actually, yeah. Before I started doing it, I had no clue that this was a role. I didn't know this even existed. And if I didn't know somebody who was doing it, I never would have found out about diabetic eye screening. So I think that's the, the biggest thing. And it's 
actually everybody gets retinal pictures done when they go for their optician's eye test. So that's exactly what we do, but that's all we do. We specifically focus on the pictures. And then from that, you can determine so many things. So we can also find out if people have glaucoma and then they need to go and get their eye pressures checked either at the opticians or in an eye department. So I think actually people understanding what the role is. And what do you wish people knew about your role? So for anyone out there who is looking to become an event or eye screener, what is it that you want them to know that you didn't know? Oh, interesting. So I think the fact that you don't actually need to have a degree to do it. So we work really closely with optometrists and obviously they go and they study for three to four years to do their degree. But most of them were really surprised at the level of knowledge and understanding that we have, because we could look at a 2D image and tell you so much about that person's eye health and whether they're actually in danger of perhaps another condition happening to them. And I remember like sitting with some of them when they first came into diabetic eye screening and they were like, oh, it's really hard to tell on these images. Like if I was looking on a slit lamp where you can see everything 3D, I could tell you exactly what it is, but hey, I'm kind of struggling. How do you know how to like grade so easily and so well? And how do you, how are you able to notice things? And I was like, you know, there's little tricks that you have to learn. And also just with practice and experience, you can pick things up. So I think it's really important that people know that they can get into a sort of more clinical medical side of the NHS without actually having to go and study a degree. There is a pathway into ophthalmology if that's what you want to do. And lastly, just to ask, what advice do you have for students or young people who might be thinking about a career in dental eye screening? I'd say definitely consider it. The salary is actually a really well-paid salary. So I'd say if that's something you're really interested in doing, take a look at your local program because they, I think they're about five in the whole of London. And they are always looking for people that have like a fairly high turnover. So you'll see trainee roles or lower junior roles. So you can definitely apply for trainee roles. And as you said, you can learn on the job debt free. And then once you've finished, you can always decide that actually you want to change and go into something else. Or this might ignite your passion. You might be like, actually, I want to go back to university and study and become an optometrist. So you would have so much experience and knowledge at that point that you'd find it so much more easier. So I think definitely consider it. And a little piece of advice, I guess I would give them is don't let people around you influence you into thinking that you can or can't achieve something. If you have a goal that's brilliant, put that goal like at the top and then write down how you're going to get there. What steps are you going to take? And Doing that plan will actually help you visualize it and you'll be able to achieve it. So that's something I started doing actually a bit too late, more recently. And since doing that, it's really helped me. And I think being clear and knowing what you want to do is really important. I think it's so great that we have the ability to have these podcasts and share this information because it's also something I've just learned as well. And I've been in the NHS for a long time, so I'm guessing a lot of people do not know. And everyone doesn't always take the same route. 
everyone's learning style, as you said, is different. And it's great to know that there is a more clinical role available for people if they don't want to go to uni and they can learn on a job and they don't have debt and they're paid while they do it and they have that support in that learning environment. So it's really great to get this information and learn about your role and what you do, Donya, and different pathways. So thank you very much, Donya. Thank you for listening to NHS Careers Untapped. To find out more about different career opportunities within the NHS, please check out our other podcasts available for streaming or download on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud and YouTube. You can also find out about other events happening as part of the Careers Untapped project by registering on the Great Ormond Street Digital Education Network at the link provided in the episode description and searching NHS Careers Untapped. You can also find links to a couple of other great websites to check out, including healthcarecareers.nhs.uk and skillsforhealth.org.uk. This podcast was brought to you by the Gosh Learning Academy. If you want to find out more about our work, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. We hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.